Ladies and gentlemen, you found the program that pulls no punches, that knocks out political correctness, and delivers a right cross to defend the Constitution. We call it Fighting Words. And now, entering the ring, retired infantry colonel, trial lawyer, and fighter for truth and justice, Kurt Schlichter. Hey, this is Fighting Words with Kurt Schlichter, the Hugh Hewitt-affiliated podcast that you can get right here in the universe. I love that. The H. Do you pronounce it? Do you not pronounce it? I don't know which way to go. I'm just going to go with the flow because I'm a guest here, which is why I try and keep it FCC compliant. If you want the full Kurt Schlichter experience, and frankly, I work a little blue, check out my Town Hall VIP podcast, Unredacted. But right now, these are fighting words. What's it like? watching history happen i mean I've, I've i've been lucky i've had it happen a couple times uh i was in the gulf war and of course i was so far in the rear you basically have to mail bullets to hit me but i was at the seventh corps main command post and i saw things happen that i later read about in books uh mostly like decisions and stuff not like action but it was interesting, though. I mean, I was there for history, and I, you know, I saw Log Base Alpha, Log Base Echo, all sorts of other stuff happening that I would, you know, read about. And it was neat to see history. And I was out in the Los Angeles riots with the Army, 3rd Battalion, 160th Infantry, and I saw history there. Again, later I would read about things in books and elsewhere that I, I was part of in, in, a, in a small way. That's what the coronavirus thing is for all of us. We're here having something happen in front of us, being part of it, that hasn't happened in the living experience of pretty much 99.999% of people. I guess they're like, there's like a 105-year-old who may remember the 1918 pandemic of Spanish flu. And I am going to identify it as Spanish flu, despite, despite the hideous racism inherent in identifying a, a epidemic by its uh, purported or place of origin uh, we, we recently found out this was the most racist thing ever. Move over, KKK. If you call it the Wuhan flu, you know who you are. Uh, it's stupid, and we're not going to do that. Anyway, in the living memory of people under 110, I mean, there's maybe like five people on Earth who are like, oh, yeah, I, I have this vague recollection of the Spanish flu. This is something, it, it, it's completely alien to us. And analyzing it from someone who did a lot of disaster stuff in the military. Um, like I said, I was out in the L.A. riots. I was in the Los, uh, the Northridge earthquake. I was in the San Diego fires. Uh, I, I'm not like Mr. Super FEMA guy, but I kind of, I've been out in these things. I've got to say that I, I think the uh, response we've had has been pretty amazing if you look at the disaster that is Italy if you look at the disaster that was Wuhan if you look at all those things 
and look at the dispersion of casualties here. Yeah, New York is looking bad. Washington State was looking bad, but about 22 out of 100-some uh, more or less uh, deaths were, were at, at one old folks' home. The, the, the kind of mass death that we saw in the Spanish flu pandemic, it just, just isn't happening. And out on the street, people... First of all, there aren't as many people. People are staying home. People are uh, cooperating. People are making the best of it. But people aren't panicking. Now, you, you do see the occasional idiot getting in a fight over, you know, the toilet paper, you know, tussling over Charmin like morons. And that's kind of embarrassing. But the reason you you see it is because it's weird. And, and, and you're, oh my gosh, look at this. It's on you. I filmed this and... You know, I'll post on Facebook and it'll go viral. Hey, look at these idiots beating the hell out of each other, uh, you know, to get a little wipe. You don't see the other stuff. You don't see the guys um, going to HughHewitt.com and hitting the banner for food for the poor, giving their money, giving their time, giving money to their churches. You don't see viral videos of people doing, you know, what, what people like me are trying to do. I, I'm trying to eat out. Uh, obviously, I can't go to the restaurants because they're all shut down here in L.A. But I can get takeout. And, and I try to as much as possible. Um, you don't see videos of people helping old folks go shopping. I, mean, I, I did it for my parents. My, my, my dad has a, a compromised immune system because he's a kidney transplant. And, you know, they're, they're both they're older folks. And we went shopping for them. They, they couldn't have done it. I mean, I'm very glad that they've now moved down to uh, uh, the Los Angeles area. They used to be up in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area, which is hit even worse, in a city that is hit really bad. And uh, we wouldn't be able to help them the way we're able to here. But, you know, we can go shopping for them. And uh, I... You know, we kind of uh, uh, looked around our neighborhood and was like, okay, are there any, do we know any like people who are old and might not might be afraid to go out or might not be capable? Because you don't want to, I mean, it's very, it, the shopping, the, the, the grocery stores are busy. They're not chaotic, but there's a lot of people and people are moving with a purpose. They're not being crazy. They're not being wild. They're not being stupid. They seem to have a remarkably good humor, but there's just a lot of people. And that's not the kind of place you want to be, you know, because of exposure. And that's not the kind of place you want to be just because, you know, if you're older, you move a little slower. You don't need people bumping into you. It's just, you know, it could be intimidating. And we looked around the neighborhood and are there people that we could help? And uh, we didn't see any. Um, I think we'll probably, uh, you know, see what our church has to say. I'm sure our church is doing something. I'm sure your church or synagogue is doing something. Um, and that's that's the way it should be. The I, I haven't seen the worst of Americans. I, I've been in disasters. I've been in wars. And what I typically see, and I, look, you know me. I am not a Pollyanna. And I'm as cynical as they come. And I'm as sarcastic as they come. But the simple fact is, every time I see Americans face adversity, I'm kind of... I, I'm, I'm not stunned, but I'm, I, I think the word is proud. I'm proud because Americans tend to respond 
in an amazingly mature and positive and determined way, generally. Look, they're, they're dummies out there. There's no question. Uh, and there's fools who want to uh, change the subject to, oh, this is all Trump's fault that, you know, the Chinese were drinking bat soup. And this is all Trump's fault because, you know, his magic pandemic detector didn't go off around Halloween. And it's all, it's, you know, it's his fault for calling it the Wuhan flu. Racist! And it's stupid. And I think a lot of the smarter Democrats see that it's stupid. You know, both Gavin Newsom and Andrew Cuomo complimented the president on his leadership. Think about that. That's not business as usual. And look, if I was very cynical, I would come to the same point as I do just trying to be not cynical, which is I don't think Americans want obnoxious politics. Now, we can't not politic, and we never should not politic. Politic is about the uh, distribution of power, who's going to make the decisions, and we should always, you know, it's a free country. We, we, we have input. And when you have input into how things should be run, that's politicking. There is destructive politicking, where it is the politics of personal destruction, and where the truth doesn't matter, and bigger objectives than short-term gains in power are, are prioritized. That's not what's happening here. Gavin Newsom says, no, I, I, there's no daylight between me and the president. Everything I've asked for, he's given me. I think he's doing a good job. Cuomo, I think he's doing a good job. He's sending us the uh, Navy ships, the Mercy, and I, I forget the other one, but there's the Comfort. There are 2,000-bed uh, ships full of crack Navy doctors and medical personnel, and they're going to come to New York. And we're going to have, that's 2,000 more beds that we're going to have. Uh, for this emergency, and I want to thank the president. And it's just, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, wow. I think, A, that's the right thing to say because I think it's accurate. B, I think it's smart politically to come out and and, and say, make what Hugh would point out, admission against interest, if your interest is political. That is, if you're being cynical, you would do that. And if you're not being cynical, you would also do that. I think if you're being cynical and not really thinking your way through, you try and make a big issue out of Donald Trump. People don't want to hear that right now. I'm sure we'll hear it at some point. But, you know, the folks uh, laughing that, oh, the Trump gains have been destroyed from the uh, uh, stock market. They're, they're just not going to get a great hearing. Look, my, gosh, I don't mind. My retirement's down by like a third. So's yours. And yet I'm not worried and I'm not angry. And I have absolute faith that it is all going to come back. I have absolute faith in the American system. In fact, during this crisis, I've, I've, I've put a substantial amount of money back in the market. And, uh, you know, some of it went down afterwards, but I, I know it's going to go back up. I, I, I feel that the uh, feel is the wrong word. My analysis is that the economy is still strong. People... The fundamentals are still good, that people still want to work, that uh, uh, we are going to recover in a big way. I just I just feel like everybody's going, okay, we're doing great. Everybody was really happy. You know, we're all making money. We're all doing well. This comes along. We got to pause. But boy, as soon as, as, soon as the uh, flag goes down, we're back to the races. We're going to go in there and we're 
we're just going to get this economy humming. I, I think it is going to hum. I think it's going to do, I think we're going to do great things. Uh, and I think that's what people want. And, you know, politically, I think it's smart to, uh, I think it is a, a smart move politically to uh, support that and not to be so blatantly partisan. Now, you had a little bit from Schumer. Uh, and Trump does some of it back. And I, I, I really don't mind if he does it back. I just, I, I think when you bring up stupid things, I, I like the way Donald Trump goes back and forth. And maybe some people don't. Maybe, maybe Hugh would probably say, well, I think he should be the bigger person. I'm not into being the bigger person. I'm being into the person who lays you out on the ground if you, you cross me. That's kind of who I am. Uh, but I think that what we're seeing is, you know, you know, in general, some pretty smart stuff. You have, uh, you know, Biden comes out, he's got his own plan, but they're, they're really hiding him because he's, you know, and he, 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 he comes out and he says, well, I think we should activate the Defense Production Act, which is an act that allows the government to take a, a, an active role in uh, dealing with the production of emergency supplies. And that's kind of, I get a little, I get a little iffy on some like that. Well, it turns out, you know, he, he brings this up like this is this new revelation. Turns out a couple hours before Donald Trump had already activated that. Whether he's going to use it or not is a different story and how much he'd use it if he did. But it's, you know, he, he beat Biden to it. And that kind of, you know, it's not a great look. I think Biden's got an interesting problem. He's still running an election against Bernie Sanders, though I think after uh, Stupor Tuesday, which would be the um, uh, 17th of March, I think he's pretty much put Bernie Sanders away. I, I don't think Bernie Sanders really, really has much going. I, I'm stunned. I know Hugh was like, I, I wish I was wrong about coronavirus and right about Bernie Sanders. Uh, uh well, I, I, I wish I was wrong about Bernie Sanders, too, or right about Bernie Sanders, too, but I wasn't. I thought I thought Biden was done. And uh, he should be done. He's a terrible candidate. And Sanders in, apparently isn't going away. But, you know, the smartest thing for uh, for Biden to do right now is kind of step out of the limelight. And, you know, when he when he steps back in, he kind of looks silly. He did that little town hall thing. He wanders out of frame in the middle of it. And that's that's super edifying. And then, of course, he does the Defense Production Act thing. He looks kind of silly. He's just, you know, the smart thing for him to do is to stand back. And frankly, if he was interviewed, I, I, I think he'd say, you know, I think the right thing for him to say. And I don't know if he has the capacity to say it, frankly, because he's a little off. I, I think it would be, you know, I got to stand by the president. He needs our support now where I agree with him. I'm going to support him. I, there are some things I agree with him. He's got some support from some great Democrat governors uh, who are they're working together in a bipartisan fashion. I strongly support that. There are some things I disagree with him on. I will bring those up in a respectful and constructive way. But we all have our, our goal is to save lives and then get the economy back on track. That's the two. That's our two big goals. And, you know, there's, you know, the president's going to have, I, I'm going to support our president when, as we do that while uh, still, you know, providing an alternative for November. And I think that would be the way to go. Will he, would his people allow him to do it? Uh, you know, Dana Bash on CNN said nice things about Donald Trump and, you know, she just caught all sorts of Hades from it. 
because people just can't hear that. And I look at that and I, you know, I'm a military guy. I'm supposed to look at things objectively. I'm a lawyer. I'm supposed to look at things objectively. The, the left would be, I think, better positioned to win if it could look at Donald Trump objectively. Because other people can't. You know, they look at it, well, the stock, you know, you, you get some of these guys and they're cheerleading. The entire, the entire Trump, uh, all the gains under Trump are completely erased now. And they're all smug. And it's like they're smug about it. They're like happy about it. And normal people are like, okay, A, that's a real impact on real lives. Now, tangent, it's not a real impact on your life if you didn't sell anything. And I haven't sold anything. I've actually bought some. Uh, because I believe in the the strength of the American economy, and I believe the future is bright. But um, you know, if they're 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 excited about this thing, that's bad. That's just a bad look. The second thing is, thank goodness Donald Trump ran us up thirty five percent, so we had space coming down. Where would be where would we be if it was the Obama? We, we, our stock would be what twelve thousand. It's uh, today. I think it's about twenty thousand. We'd be what twelve thousand, thirteen thousand, maybe. That's that'd be. I mean, wow. So you know, Donald Trump did a great job getting us into a great in, into a strong place to face this 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 horrible situation. And he's going to get us back. And in the meantime, he's taking aggressive stands to get us out of this economically and, 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 and virally. Uh, because we really have two fights. We have the short-term fight, which is control the virus. And that is a fight that is primarily at the state and local level. And Trump very much understands federalism, even if the media guys who apparently never took civics at Wellesley, uh, don't. It's governors, it's mayors, it's local health departments. They're going to do uh, local doctors, local hospitals, uh, who are going to be doing the main fighting. The president coordinates. He does national things like controlling borders and stuff. uh, And he turns on the spigot for money. He gives people money and resources like like Navy rescue ships, like uh, Army Corps of Engineers, uh, like uh, uh, stocks of ventilators and masks that the military has. He, he, he controls a lot of logistics. He controls big picture stuff, uh, and he coordinates at a national level. But the real fight is cl- the close battle, right? It's mayors. It's governors in some cases. It's city health department. These are the guys who are on the front lines. These are guys we got to get the equipment to. Donald Trump seems to be doing that. Um, Trump also controls the cash. And that's the economic fight because it's, it's not just about saving lives, though that is obviously a priority. The next priority is to get the economy going back. And that means keep people in their jobs where they can. And I, you know, my favorite restaurant, uh, two of them, I I have two or three restaurants we go lunch to all the time. Two of them are closed. One of them has let all its servers go because you can't dine in. What are those guys going to eat? You know, a lot of them are young people. A lot of them are uh, basically saying, hey, um, you know, I, I don't make a lot of money. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Uh, 
But we've got to get them back to work. And the way to get them back to work, got to turn on the cash spigot. You just, you just got to. And Donald Trump's doing that aggressively. Uh, I'd like to see a little more debate and input into some of these uh, uh, bills that they're passing. But the I, I, I at this point, I don't care if we had a trillion or two to the deficit. Don't care. Because we're never going to pay back anything if we have another Great Depression. And people are very afraid of one. I don't see it happening. I think we're going to see a huge turnaround. I think we'll see a giant dip of unemployment. And I see, I think employment will climb, 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 climb. Unfortunately, some businesses will go under. Um, others will be hiring. I, I, I'm still trying to hire another lawyer. It's... It's going to be tough, but I think we're doing what we have to do. And I think the president's doing what he has to do. And I think it makes little sense to uh, fuss about it if you're his opponent. I think you you got to support him. you got to look like part of the team. And you differentiate yourself down the road. Right now, I think people trust Donald Trump. And it's not... not not everybody trusts him personally. I understand that he is not the cup of tea for some people. Uh, we call those some people Democrats. He is not their cup of tea. But you know, Ambassador Bricks, Anthony Fauci, who had a great interview with Hugh this week. I'm just amazing. Uh, what a great public servant. I, I thought Hugh had a great question to him too, which was, you know, you could have made tens of millions of bucks going on these pharmaceutical boards and you didn't because I'm a public servant. I don't care about it. I mean, the money, that's not a big deal to me. I have enough to live on. This is what I love to do and I've done for decades. What a great guy. What a hero. Medal of Freedom guy. That man of the year, Anthony Fauci. Maybe. Maybe. Let's let's see how this, uh, let's see how this reaction goes. Uh, or, or, or let's see how the response goes. In any case, um, I think it's important that Trump has put other people out there in a way that he hasn't done before. This is obviously a team effort. Team's being led by Mike Pence. And say what you want about Mike. Mike's not the most exciting guy in the world. He is not a dynamic guy. He is the anti-Trump. For all the drama with Donald Trump, you know, with with Mike Pence, you know, he's he's like warm milk. And I think that's great. I think that's exactly the guy we need doing exactly that job. And I think people are looking at it going, heck yeah, these guys got it. And of course, Robert O'Brien is up there, national security advisor, huge friend of the show, friend of mine. I know him personally. He's an army guy. Um, I'm very, very happy with the team that we have in place. I don't see anyone doing a measurably better reaction. And, I think I think the smarter Democrats see that and understand that people are going to feel that way and they're going to keep their powder dry and, you know, there'll be a tough election. But this this is not the time. It's not a smart time for them because they'll look bad. It's not a good time for them because that will draw attention away from the big fight, which is against the virus and against another depression. So watching history unfold in front of us, you know, there's there's a weird feeling out there that I, I really haven't felt since kind of 9-11, except maybe during a San Diego fire, but that was in a smaller area. But, you know, 
there's a feeling among Americans that we're kind of all in this together. That this is a situation where, you know, we can be bigger than ourselves. We can be part of something larger. We can all do our part. We can all do our share in our own little way or big way. We can contribute. I think we're going to come out of this feeling better about ourselves. I think, look, we're already feeling pretty good. But boy, we can take this body blow to our economy. And, 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 you know, obviously it's a tragedy to many people. But we can take this and we can get up and we can be stronger and better. And I think that's, you know, one of the upsides of this. I think the other upside of this thing, you know, again, we, we don't have a choice about this situation. It's happening. So you've got to look at what you can get out of it. I think we're better prepared for the big one. Because this is not the big one. This is not the Spanish flu with 10 to 20% mortality rate, including about young people. This is this is a uh, dress rehearsal for the pandemic that's coming. Maybe it will come for another 100 years. Maybe it will come next year. We don't know. You know, as long as the Chinese are out eating weird stuff, who knows what virus is going to take the leap from bats to human beings. This is a chance to learn. Hugh had a very important point. Are you taking notes, Dr. Fauci? Well, I don't really want to write a book, but, you know, Dr. Fauci, you've got to write a book. And I think one of the most important things to do, I think one of the most important things that uh, they can do at the White House and in the federal government is, you know, tell everybody, keep a note, keep a diary of what you're doing, because we need to put this together. We need lessons learned. We need to figure out how to do what we did wrong, what we did right, how we can improve. We need to be ready for next time. And all of us need to be ready. Look, there are things that we can do. I, I didn't realize that we'd run out of Purell. Maybe we all keep an extra bottle or two of Purell in the back of our closet. Maybe with some wipes, maybe extra toilet paper. Maybe a little extra bleach. Not a big deal. I, I keep extra food and water for an earthquake. Why can't I keep some for, uh, you know, a virus? Maybe even lay in some masks once they become available again. This is going to, you know, there are a lot of lessons there. I think one of the lessons, we can get by this. We can make it happen. We can face this down and be triumphant. Because we're Americans. And I've seen Americans in adversity. And I have zero doubt that we're going to come out of this better and stronger than ever. Anyway, that's my uh, that's my special uh, coronavirus edition of Fighting Words with Kurt Schlichter, the Hugh Hewitt Affiliated uh podcast i i don't know if you've enjoyed it but i hope you've tolerated it uh keep on listening make sure you sign up for the universe i do i listen to you on podcast every single day and uh if you like what i'm saying and want to hear me swear more uh go get on town hall vip listen to me on unredacted you also get a bonus wednesday column at town hall Uh, in addition to my normal Monday and Thursday columns, which are always brilliant and amazing. You should follow me on Twitter, at Kurt Schlichter, where I ignore Hugh's admonition to, uh, you know, disregard the trolls. I instead engage and mock them, and I can be mean. 
uh, and if that's what you like, you should you should follow me. And if you uh, want to check out my books, my new novels collapse. It's very exciting. While you're busy social distancing, you can be reading this exciting novel of America split in two between red and blue. It's a lot of fun. I like it. Anyway, look for you soon, right back here in the universe, with Fighting Words, starring Kurt Schlichter, the Hugh Hewitt Affiliate Podcast. Thanks a lot. Talk to you next time.